I'm just an individual, living a miracle, standing divisible, connected to God and my physical. Essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life is going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why you stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance. Is that acceptable? I am the rival expected to be exceptional. And I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional. I am incredible, Leo conventional. And you stopping me from chasing my dreams is unprofessional. here today with episode number 13 a unique episode something we have never done before this week's guest of the podcast is the one and only our fabulous engineer and producer Courtney Stywall hi Steven what up <laughs> hanging out having fun absolutely it's really hot though yeah it's so hot in here it is Another reason why we are working very hard to secure our own studio space. Yeah, if we don't get a space, we're just going to start dying of heat strokes <laughs> in the middle of the shows. Yeah, we do not want to lose a guest. Well, I kind of feel bad subjecting people to it. Yeah, it's torture. Forcing people to come in and yeah. sweat. It's torture. Just to have conversation. Yeah. That's, how important, <laughs> that's how important recovery is to our peoples, man. Right? That they're willing to come sit down at the table. And endure sweat profusely endure that i looked up at jamie about 15 minutes into the show jamie pendergrass uh our memorial day guest and which is going to be coming out soon coming out soon and it was just pouring down his forehead yeah. i think i might have even called the break a little bit early um so yeah i'm sitting here with courtney today and we are here to kind of do something a little bit different that we have not done before um, we just kind of wanted to update our followers on the status of NC Raw and kind of like share with you guys how um, how this whole thing has really like evolved. When we started 13 episodes ago, nearly, what was it like five months? I know we started early, February 5th. Yeah, early February. Yeah. Um, we started like five months ago. And so we've grown a lot since then. We've got a lot of new people on board and a lot of new people like paying attention to what we're doing. So I thought we could like come together and kind of maybe review that process and maybe hit on some of our past episodes and talk about um, maybe what we've, what we've taken from some of those episodes, what we've learned from some of those episodes and also share with you guys what the direction and what our goals are and where we're going to really go with this thing. So um, the first thing is really just wanted to like offer um, a huge thank you to the 18 of our backers who have contributed and supported us on our Kickstarter um, campaign. We have like a week left to go. We have a week left to go. And we've achieved about 25% of our goal. So we have a, we have a, um, you know, still a long way to go, still a lot of work to put in, but we're, we're determined to, uh, 
to achieve our goal. What's today's date? Today is the 18th, 19th? 18th. 18th. Next Tuesday night, I think it wraps up or Wednesday. Yeah, coming down to the wire, right? Yeah. How are you feeling about it? I don't know, man. We can do it, bro. We've we got can... a long way to go. we got to hit the town and start asking people. Yeah, so over the next few days, me and Courtney are going to be hitting the streets, um, really talking it up with like local business owners, influential people, people that might be interested and willing to, uh, to step up and, and contribute to really what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, I do think it's attainable from what I've read. Like that's kind of like how these Kickstarter campaigns succeed is they'll pile on right at the very end. But we want to thank the 18 people who have contributed to us. Like you guys are awesome. Yeah. Don't think we're disappointed. We, de- we, we definitely appreciate it, but just such a long way to go. It is. <laughs> we can do it scary. though. We can totally do it. So, um, yeah. you know, what, what, why are we, why do we have a Kickstarter campaign? So we need the money for, for what? Our equipment. Equipment? Yeah. Well, we need to get out of here because it's 90 degrees the at sa- all times. The sauna studio? The sauna studio. We got to get out of here and get into a different place, hopefully, somewhere, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we need stuff to record with. We don't have our own mics. I mean, these are studio mics that we're borrowing from Western and we're borrowing the space. And I do want to give a quick shout out to... Dr. Sink, who was one of my primary professors while I was studying here, and he's really done a lot to help us out, and he's always making sure that, you know, I have the keys to get in or that I have whatever equipment that I need to get the job done. So thanks a lot, Dr. Sink. We really appreciate you, and I appreciate you, especially considering that you're still willing to help even after I'm not even a student anymore. It just really means a lot. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I don't know if I've had the privilege of meeting Dr. Sink throughout this process. I don't think you have. He's but, been he's been pretty behind the scenes with it all. <laughs> <laughs> the guy has bent over backwards to like work with you and uh, mm-hmm. been extremely flexible in like allowing you access to this. Like, I mean, we've met him on like Saturday mornings to get the key oh, yeah. and like just different times to get in here and do editing and things like that. So yeah, and it's it started out just every other Monday. I was like, hey, I'm gonna need to get in just like twice a month, once every two weeks, but now. That I can't, basically I can't use my laptop to edit anymore. So we've been having to get in here to do editing too. And it's just, and then I was like, by the way, also we're doing it every Monday now. So it's been, it's been something. Yeah, literally all of the work that gets done to record, produce, edit these shows takes place in this, in this studio on campus at WCU. So um, tons of love to Dr. Sink for his flexibility and his commitment to to what we're doing. Before we really get into it, um, we, it, I would like to share some of the community events and get that kind of out of the way uh, to let everybody know what's taking place in our community. The last couple of weeks, um, I talked about hiring and a hiring, hiring events that are taking place. And there's another one coming up. Um, the Goodwill Career Connection Center in Asheville is doing another hiring event that's taking place on June 25th from 2 to 6 p.m. They are the city of Asheville is looking for CDL drivers and laborers for their public works department. Um, and like you've heard on our past shows, like the importance of securing um, 
consistent work and a consistent job and, and the impact that that plays on people in recovery is so huge that every time they have one of these events, I'm going to talk about it because I think it's so important. Um, but that's going to be at the Goodwill Career Connection Center at 1616 Patton Avenue in Asheville. Again, it's June 25th from 2 to 6 p.m. So they're doing interviews on the spot. So show up with your resume and you'll get to talk to somebody face-to-face, talk with a recruiter. Um, Again, they're looking for CDL drivers, laborers to work for the public works department. So if you are looking for a job, looking to improve your quality of work or where where your employment is, check that out. The next event I will be talking about until it arrives in July, and that's going to be the Cherokee Recovery Rally. It's going to be a huge event. My boy Caleb is out on the road still running to Oklahoma. He's got like, gosh, less than two weeks left, if I'm not mistaken, uh, before he arrives. And the Cherokee Recovery Rally is going to be taking place on July 26th. That's a Thursday. It's going to be at the at the Cherokee Central Schools, which is the middle school over in Cherokee. Uh, there's going to be a ton of vendors. Anybody that supports recovery, NC Raw is going to be there. Um, just anybody in the in the Western North Carolina area that that's really influential in the recovery community is going to be out there and kind of sharing resources and talking about what they're doing um, to support those people in recovery and the people who struggle with mental health or substance use disorder. So please check that out. And that, that whole weekend is going to be like a big weekend in Cherokee. Um, Caleb was talking, so that's on Thursday, July 26th. Caleb's talking about doing a concert series that Friday night. So when we have details, we'll be sure to share that. And then on Saturday, July 28th, the High on Hope movement is coming to Cherokee County. And what that is, it's going to be an amazing day of recovery uh, where they're going to bring solutions to the drug crisis. They're going to offer workshop speakers, uh, a day of proclaiming freedom over the region. So I know Caleb's going to be speaking there. Um, that's at the Cherokee County Recreation Center in Murphy, July 28th. It starts at 12 p.m. It's an all-day thing, so come out to that. I'm going to try to make it um, and support Western North Carolina and the recovery movement. So, Courtney, you hot? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. We do have an anniversary. Somebody who's been very supportive of of NC Raw, someone that's connected with some of our past guests and has been engaging and interacting uh, with us through social media. April Bradley celebrated three years in recovery a couple days ago on June 15th. So we want to give a huge shout out, a ton of love to April for putting in that work and really... Um, really thriving in recovery. You're doing an awesome job. Keep working. You want to come join us on the show and share your testimony? Send Courtney an email, admin at ncraw.life. We're always looking for people who want to share their stories and their testimonies and their approach to recovery. Um, But awesome job, April Bradley. 
tons of love goes out to you. So, Courtney. Steve. Let's talk a little bit about how this show came to life. For those new viewers or somebody that doesn't necessarily know what NC Raw is or what we do, let's, you want to talk a little bit about how, we, how this whole thing started? Sure. We can do that. So about a year ago, me and Courtney worked together at a local retailer, local department store. Are we going to disclose that name? No, we're not. <laughs> no disclosure. I prefer not, at not all. to. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so we, we worked together at a local retailer and we became friends. We kind of started talking and I'm, you know, anybody that I interact with and get to know, I'm always like talking about recovery. So I was like, um, you know, made it very clear from the get-go that I'm a person in long-term recovery and this is what I do. I'm in, you know, I practice meditation through refuge recovery. And it was just, you know, an open conversation and dialogue. And like, I don't necessarily. Well, I mean, we became friends and well, we've known each other for like two, two years, years yeah. probably about. And I mean, it was just the fact I was like, oh, well, I meditate too. And like, I'm getting into Buddhism and all this stuff. And then I kind of look to you for a little while for like places to go or like things to do with that kind of stuff. Not that we ever really got together and did it, but mm -hmm. it was a little source of motivation for me, I guess. And then, you know, we got a little bit closer and you started talking about, or what happened? We cleaned out that closet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Courtney was tasked to clean out a closet one day. Many closets, actually. A few closets, <laughs> storage closets. And um, I think I was off. I wasn't there. No, you weren't there. It was just me and uh, our good friends cleaning out closets. And I came back to work the next day and Courtney was so proud of herself. She was like, look what I did. I cleaned out this closet. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. This would be a perfect studio place for us to record a podcast. Yeah, just with all the angry customers in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect besides that. So like we had this like running joke, right? For It was like three months. A few months. Yeah. About doing a podcast in the store and using this little space and like having it like the premise of the show would be <laughs> basically making fun of, well, okay, not making fun of, but talking about our retail experiences. What life's like <laughs> working in retail? <laughs> Which, I mean, if you've ever worked in retail, then you would know lots of, it keeps your life interesting, I guess. Yeah. And that's a great cool show. People. That's a great show idea. Too. I think so too. I still think we should. At do some it. point, we might want to. I mean, it. I'm not working in retail anymore, so it might be hard, but <laughs> we could still do it. And so we had this like little running running joke going on about like doing a podcast in um in the store, and the reason being is that like I had always like been passionate and enjoyed like talk radio. I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I'm very involved in like that community and like. Um, engaging with them in, on social media and that sort of thing. And truth be told, uh, prior to myself getting into recovery, I used to do some podcasts. I want to hear them. Yeah, I have, I have <laughs> them at home and they will never be played through this, uh, through this platform. Um, but I used to do some podcasts at my lowest of my lows in my life. Right before I found recovery, I would sit in my little studio apartment 
it was the mother-in-law quarters of uh, a family in West Palm Beach, Florida. And it was like a block away from the beach, right? And I lived behind these people's house. I called it the dungeon because it was just like this little like solid brick, like one room, maybe 200 square foot apartment. It just had like a tiny little kitchenette, my bed, a desk. And it, it was where, where my substance use was just out of control. And emotionally, I was just a wreck. Like I would literally just go to work and use and I would do these shows, right? <laughs> I had my PS3 headset and my laptop. And I would just sit there at my desk and make these shows. And I would just like ramble. I would just ramble on and on and on. And it was actually, um, the shows weren't that bad, right? Like, I Are had, you sure? I think. No, I had good <laughs> intentions, right? They were, they were thoughtful. They were planned out. Like I had like all these segments. I talked about sports. I talked about cooking. Talked about fishing in the beach. Like I had like uh, some news high high points and things like that. Like news stories. Like I had good uh, good content. It was the delivery that was the problem. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so they weren't that bad. And I do have a few of those still saved at, at home on like my hard drive or something. But um, so they weren't time. that bad. But like it was just it it you know it was the delivery that was that was right. the problem. So. It's just something that I've always been passionate about, something that I, I have always wanted to do. So me and Courtney were having these conversations and this these little like innuendos and jokes about doing a doing a show. And it planted the seed, right? And so one day, um, a good friend of mine I was hanging out with, Samantha Birch, a classmate, uh, we were doing like a school project and like hanging out. I don't recall exactly what we were doing, but I was like, I'm going to do a podcast about recovery. Again, like just like kind of like not, not really being serious, kind of like messing around like me and you had in the past. And she turned and looked at me and she's like, do it. And I was like, sure. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to do this. Right. You know, this is like, kind of like, she kind of like challenged me. Um, like Caleb always is talking about like stepping out of your comfort zone and like, you know, these ideas that you have like can come to fruition, but you have to take action. And just like her words by saying, go ahead and do it, like really like motivated me. She had, she brought like a, I don't know, refreshing like component to my life where I was like, I'm going to do it. So, um, so then every day for like a long time, mm-hmm. every time I'd walk into work, Steve would ask. So when are we going to record that podcast? Mm-hmm. Which my answer was never. Never. <laughs> but not that I was trying to keep him from it, but it's kind of impractical to want to record a podcast in your retail job, I guess, <laughs> is what I was thinking. Yeah. But given my background and my studies, I thought, you know, I could help. We could figure out a way to do something. What? So. Fill the listeners in on your background and your studies. What, like what I went to school for? Yeah. And what do you want to do with it? All right. So Western has this program called Commercial and Electronic Music. And it's basically just focused on anything audio related. So like I've taken classes for live sound and I've taken classes for recording techniques and film production, which... That's what I would be leaning towards doing if I 
if I were to pick a career path, which I guess <laughs> it's time to do that, but I want to work on films basically and do like sound design and post-production editing for movies. Not around here because there's not really a lot of that around here. So one day I'll become an adult and I'll move to another place and get a real job. But until then we're doing this. At what point throughout this process did you begin to take me seriously? You know, I was actually just thinking about that. I don't really remember when the point was that we just said, okay. Let's do it. And decided to just give it a try. I I mean, I just remember you asking a lot. And I remember that one day you brought somebody else into the scenario and said like, hey, I've got... Uh-huh. This person who wants to also do the show with me. And mm-hmm. that was kind of what made me think like, oh, he's pretty serious about this. And like, yeah. he actually wants to do it. Yeah. I had um, I met Caleb at the Cherokee Recovery Rally last September. And I had approached him after the rally. I heard him speak. He told his story, gave his testimony, shared his plans for what he what he wanted to do in Cherokee regarding his recovery homes and the kind of the res hope uh, organization. And then I started watching him doing these Facebook live videos and he was um, sharing the same kind of message and vision that I had for NC raw. And so I reached out to him and asked him if he would be interested in collaborating on a podcast with me. And I remember meeting him for the first time at Subway in Cherokee. And I sat down and I was like, listen, got a friend, Courtney, who is willing to help us out. And I don't know. And this is kind of like my vision. I wanted to um, do a show about recovery. And I didn't necessarily know exactly what that would look like at the time. The only thing that I was certain of is that I wanted um, to have some diversity because that that was something that I was kind of like studying in school was um, recovery from a diverse perspective and kind of like really learning about like access to care from diverse populations and things like that. It was something that was like weighing, weighing with me on my mind. So I really wanted it, wanted to have a diverse group of folks do the show. And so me and Caleb met a couple times and kind of talked about it. And that was in, we, we first met face to face in November of 2017. And we were rolling into like winter break for the semester. And so we talked about like, you know, who's going to be around, who are you going home? Are we going to have access to the studio? So we decided to like put it off for a little bit and really like make sure that if we were going to do it, we were going to do it prepared and planned and and thought out and not just like rush to the microphones, which you'll see, you'll quickly find out that's kind of what we did. A little bit, a little bit. So like we kind of, we, we were like brainstorming, coming up with ideas. What would the show look like? How would it, how would it go? We were like listening to all these other podcasts and like trying to get a good template for what we wanted. And I don't know when I introduced your biscuits to you and like, how'd you start listening to that? It was um, probably during the holiday break. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that's always been what my vision or, like, 
mm-hmm. whenever I think of like a good podcast or like a good show, then that's it's kind of my standard, I guess, yeah. is what they do. Yeah. They got it going on. They do. Um, you know, like the one thing I was I was talking with my my English professor a couple of days ago and like I want to do a podcast because like I grew up listening to talk radio on a radio, not on a phone, not streamed through my computer, but on a radio. So like, you know, I'm dating myself here, but like that's what You think I never listened to the radio? <laughs> do you know what a radio is? but like so like i didn't have a vision of like being an internet broadcaster right i didn't have a vision of having a youtube channel and like you know what i mean like i didn't know like that that's where this would kind of lead to but in this day and age like this platform of like radio talk shows is um kind of a lost art you know yeah. what I mean? Live streaming is the new. Yeah. I I've, mean, everybody. I mean, you can do it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram even has live now. And Instagram's about to take over the world, you guys. I've learned it that really quickly. Is. Why are we streaming on Instagram right now? Oh, God. <laughs> Go start this over. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we went through the process. Courtney shared with me, like, what sh- appeals to her, you know, the platform, the shows that she listens to. Um, and I really kind of like got into that and, you know, we picked a date, right? We're like, all right. February 5th. February 5th, <laughs> Monday night. Like we, cause we all have lives, right? Well, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that was literally like the week after I got back from home. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was from winter break. Pretty fast. Pretty fast. So like, um, you know, we all have jobs. Courtney and myself were enrolled in school at the time. Caleb's like hustling recovery all over Western North Carolina. So like we really had to like look at what, um, what would work. And we picked settled on Monday nights, right? Seven o'clock Monday nights. And so we showed up like the day before the show or the morning of the show, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Caleb called me up and he was like, Hey, I got Richie. Richie (laughs) Richie wants to do the show with us. And I was like, all right. And like honestly, like I didn't reach out to Richie about the um about doing it because I know the man's just as busy as Caleb is. And he lives like in the neighboring counties, like half an hour away. I just didn't logistically, I didn't know if it would work out. He's like, hey, I got Richie. Richie wants to to do the show. And so like tons of love to Richie. He showed they both showed up that first night, right? Crazy. Just crazy. Shot out of a cannon crazy. I listened to the show this morning. And like, (laughs) there was so much energy in that room that night. It's because none of us, like no one knew what we were doing. We we were just like, okay, we're going to do this now. We waited like three months to plan it out and like deliver a thoughtful, Mm -hmm. um, formatted like (laughs) show. And then it was just like... Forget all that. We didn't know. Well, was, we didn't have a name for the show. <laughs> but I think Richie literally made the the name that day. Richie named the yeah, show he did. five minutes before we went live. <laughs> we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go with that." that How about good. NC Raw? Yeah, Recovery Always. So <laughs> we were so hyped up. And <laughs> Richie was so hyped up he couldn't even sit down. I had to had to put a mic on a stand for him to stand yeah. up. Yeah, like, and, like, you could hear it in all of our voices. Like, we were, yeah. it, like... It, you were, like, yelling at each other <laughs> yeah. almost the entire yeah. show. Everyone was just yelling. There wasn't a lot, it was, there wasn't a lot of, like, dialogue and conversation. It, it was, was, like, everybody, like, 
chiming yeah. in to like, you know, yeah. but it ended up like, I have to say, you know, your talents, <laughs> you showed your talents <laughs> oh, that yeah. night because you pieced it together. Yeah. Right. Like it was just like a little bit, there was like some high spots here and some high spots over here and a little bit over here. And you just like put it all together and packaged mm. it. Art. Yeah. You packaged it <laughs> to where if you go to our website right now, ncraw.life and listen to episode one, it sounds like a fully like flowing first episode considering what happened. Like it's right. If you, <laughs> if you had actually been there, yeah, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have kind I don't think it would have come off the same way. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty incredible. And, um, we didn't have a Facebook page. We didn't have a name. We didn't have a website. We we're just coming together to do a podcast. So again, like we, Waited three months to plan out and structure a thoughtful first episode. Uh, I remember another reason we didn't really start right away uh-huh. is because we were waiting on this recorder to come in. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. I don't know if you remember, but this was whenever I decided to take like, I don't know, I bet my mom like 20 bucks that I could take a break from my smartphone for like a month. Mm-hmm. And so, so I went like three months without my iPhone. I just had like this little, I mean, it's not like a track phone, but I don't know, just... A dumb phone, I guess. It was a flip phone, right? At one time, you had a flip phone. I, don't know. I went through a couple of them. But yeah. anyway, this recorder was supposed to be coming in the mail. And I, like, missed it or something whenever it came. And I was like, I was like, Steve, today's going to be the day. The recorder's coming in. We're going to start Monday. And then it was Friday. And I still didn't have a recorder. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was at work at Peebles. And I called the post office. And they were like, well we can send it to one of our like pickup locations and you can go get it. And I was like, great, where's that? And they said, Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I said, awesome. So I blindly drove to Franklin without a GPS and found the, the one CVS that the post office would deliver to. Because your boss at the time allowed you to sneak out of work and go yeah, do that, right? Because some, some person who was in charge of me decided that that was okay. <laughs> but. And it's funny because on that first episode, Richie goes on a rant about Facebook and stuff like that. And then he asked yeah. you about your phone and you're like, I don't have one. Richie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he tried to get me. <laughs> yeah, he tried to get like, you. <laughs> what up? I don't need yeah. a phone. And then yeah. he was like, what do you want right now? Because I was on my laptop and yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm on Facebook for sure, but it's fine. It's fine. So we recorded that first episode and, uh, you know, Caleb is all about these Facebook lives and doing these videos. That's why we're doing this here. Because like, to me, like, you know, a podcast. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't grasp the whole concept of like streaming and all this. Like I listen to podcasts. I literally download like five different, um, different podcasts a week, like five different shows that I listen to consistently. So like the whole like streaming YouTube, all that stuff. Like I just didn't, I didn't think about it. So Caleb was like doing Facebook live that night. Oh, yeah. Everyone was doing Facebook yeah, Live, except like, for us, because we didn't have the page, I guess. Yeah, we didn't have a Facebook page. We just page. had, like, three different Facebook yeah. Lives going. And um, and so, like, we woke up the next morning, like, we did the show, and it, it there was a ton of energy, you know, considering what it was. It, it ended up being a good show, right? It ended up, you know. Yeah, it was um, good. And we woke up, and we had, like, a ton of views, on like Caleb's and, uh, yeah well especially on Richie's right and Richie's yeah on Caleb and Richie's like things and we we're like man we like we need to uh we need to get it together right we need to, yeah like- so like the very next week I made a Facebook page mm-hmm. and we 
got like our emails together and our website. You secured the website that night. (laughs) Yeah, immediately. ncraw.life because you wanted to lock in that domain. Yeah, and we chose the .life just because it sounded cool. Yeah. It it turns out that sometimes like (laughs) you can't use it for certain functions because it's not like a .com or a .org. Uh So we really messed up with that one, but it's okay. (laughs) It sounds cool, right? Gets you a little inspired. ncraw.life. Life. You can go to ncraw.life and check out. Yeah, you can listen to our episodes, believe seven it Seven episodes. Wow. Seven? Is that where we are? Posted right now. Are we about to post eight? Oh, nine. Well, We're about um, to post nine. Yeah, so we can, we'll get there. I think that was one of the, one of the things that I would like to talk about on this show. Oh. This episode here today. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's just how the whole thing came to life, right? And the more shows that we did, the more the... The idea of recovery always evolved, right? And, um, you know, looking around the room that night with Caleb and Richie, yourself being a recovery ally, um, became very clear that it was important to us to highlight and share um, the multiple approaches and multiple pathways to recovery. Yeah, because I don't. I don't think starting out that our plan was to have a guest on all no, the time. Like no. it was supposed to just be like you guys. Yeah. We were just going to sit Maybe a guest down, every once in a while. The three of us sit down and present ideas and kind of sh- share our dialogue and thoughts on those ideas. Um, and so going into, we're doing bi-weekly shows. So the second episode, it was going to be me, Richie and Caleb. And Richie had an emergency that night. Right. And we found out about it, you know, while we were set up. We were ready like to go. 30 minutes he was before, on his way here. Yeah. Oh, his car, right? Yeah, he had yeah. a car problem. And, you know, me and Caleb and Courtney were talking and we were like, the show must go on, right? Like, we got it. We're here. Um, we have a small few viewers. Did I take a mic that night? You did. I did. You were chiming in. Look at me. Yeah. It was fun. And it was me and Caleb. It actually went pretty well, though. It went good. Yeah. It, it, it sounded good. Um, we got into a little bit of Caleb's story. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, stigma related to addiction relate, and, you know, its effects on a person's recovery. And we shared some personal stories. And we talked with you about, like, what your perception was prior to um, getting involved in a, a project like this, of this nature. And while we were there, we were like, Let's, uh, you know, maybe we should get a guest on. And so that's when we, you know, decided on Samantha Bradley. Good first choice. Yeah. Great first choice. Yeah. She did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Because that was whenever we had to go in my room. Right? Yeah. Or in my, <laughs> we recorded the show in my kitchen. And I think. Why was it? I think that's one of the things about recovery is that like. Yeah. And we'll get into this a, a little bit in a, in a few minutes, but like the. um the flexibility and the determination to like see these things through. Right. So like episode two, we had a little hiccup. The show must go on. Started the show. We did the show. Next week or two weeks later. We booked a guest. What happened? Somebody. It was spring break. And I guess. It it, was spring break and WCU was doing scheduled maintenance power outages. Oh, right. There was no power in the studio. There was no power in the studio. And at first I was like, you know what, Steve? It'll be fine. We'll just Mm -hmm. go and do it anyway. And we'll just do it in the dark. Yeah. And I walked in and I was like, that's not going to (laughs) work. 
because we I was like we need candles or flashlights or something and then I was like well we might as well just go do it in my kitchen yeah you, I think the first phone call you you made to me was like hey do you have any lanterns at your house yeah I was like flashlights lanterns candles whatever and I mean you said maybe mm-hmm. but I was and then I think literally mid-sentence in that phone call I was like you know what never mind yeah. we're just gonna do it in the kitchen yeah. and so I spent like the next 20 minutes because we didn't have a lot of time mm-hmm. before the show was supposed to start. So I spent like the next 20, 30 minutes taking every blanket that was in the house and just wrapping my kitchen in blankets. Yeah. I walked into your kitchen. <laughs> it was like a cool little clubhouse. Yeah. It, it, lo- it, it was like a clubhouse. It looked like those little like little tent forts little that you build as a little kid. Like yeah. on the couch and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. But we did it, right? I mean, it actually worked pretty well besides... You could hear my dog sometimes mm-hmm. and you could hear cars driving by, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And we yeah. did it and it was actually a really good episode, but I mean, we did have some, some audio issues with Caleb's my, mic. Minor stuff, but as expected in yeah. uh environment like that. But I would totally be willing to do that again. It actually worked pretty well. As long as I don't <laughs> put somebody in front of my, my laundry room door. Yeah. The neighbors aren't doing laundry. Yeah. That was rough. But like, it just shows that like, you know, we, the show must go on. And from that episode and talking with Samantha Bradley and hearing and learning what um, her approach to recovery is and what like her pathway to recovery is and what, what she has in her life that provides that meaning and that um, provides that, you know, drive and passion to, to continue on. I think the, the concept of our show evolved at that time. I think so. And that's when we really, you know, decided that it would be cool to have, you know, somebody sit in with us each up each week because there's so many people in our community doing <clears throat> phenomenal things. Yeah. And I think that was part of the appeal for me too, is that, you know, prior to meeting you, I don't even think I'd really even thought about it. You know, people being in recovery or, you know, the community that's around it. And I don't know. I think it took me a while to realize that like, there's a lot of people. Yeah. There's so many people here yeah. who are involved in this. And like every single time I go to an event or any time that, you know, I meet someone new through you, it's just like, they bring like 50 more people with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. So it's crazy yeah. to think that there are a lot of people who don't know that that exists. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll tell you like just since we've started this in like my everyday life, like walking around town, anywhere I go, like I talk about NC Raw, right? Talk about our show and I talk about our podcast. And, you know, I've met some amazing individuals who if I hadn't have been talking about this, we wouldn't have never had made a connection. I go um into a a a small business in downtown Silva like two or three weeks ago. I start talking about NC Raw and the things that I'm doing. And I go on this like 10 minute rant about like, you know, recovery always. And we talk about multiple approaches and pathways to recovery. And we have members of the community come on and share their testimonies and tell their stories and share with our viewers their approach and how they discovered their approach and how they're, Pathway has evolved over the time. Go on this like 10 minute rant. The guy, after I was done, the guy looks at me and goes, Steve, 
He's like, I'm a person in long-term recovery too, right? And we, we would have never had that conversation. Right. Had it not been for, um, you know, me talking about it. Yeah. The other thing is that, like, in class, right, I get frustrated when, and not, I don't know necessarily in class, but, like, in conversations, like, people, one of the most common things I hear in these recovery circles and recovery, like, discussions is we don't have enough resources in our community, right? We don't have enough resources in our community. We don't have this. We don't have that. And it's always about what we don't have. And in the classroom, I, when I'm talking with my classmates and my instructors, I'm like, listen, we might not have the resources that a metropolitan city has, that Atlanta has, that Charlotte has, right? But what, what do we have? We got a tight-knit community that has each other's backs, right? That'll go to bat for each other and support each other, whether they're in recovery or a recovery ally. But it takes us opening our mouths and asking for help, or it takes us opening our, opening our mouths and sharing our experiences and sharing our stories for us to realize that these people are just like us, right? Our brothers and sisters right next to us in the grocery line or pumping gas at the gas station have experience with this specific topic, right? Right. Have gone through things and dealt with things, so. Yeah, and I mean, everyone is more than willing to, to give to that cause. Yeah. And I mean, they want to come together because everybody wants that support network mm-hmm. and everyone wants to be a part of that community. And, and I think that's something that I've kind of s- slowly been learning along the way is that, you know, being in like a small town like this, that, I mean, it's like a really small world. I mean, you figure yeah. it out every day. Like you talk to somebody who's like, oh, well, I heard about that or whatever. Like I can go to a restaurant and meet somebody now. And if recovery comes up, and then I tell them what I've been doing. They're like, oh, you know, Steve. And I'm like, well, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what this whole conversation has been. But it's just like, I don't know. Everybody's just everywhere, it seems like. Yeah. And everybody's listening. And Word travels fast, yo. Yeah. And, I mean, I know we have our doubts about everything working out the way it needs to. But the pieces will fall in line, I think. Yeah. I appreciate you reeling me in <laughs> and reassuring me that because yeah. I like get out on I'll get lost sometimes right and Steve uh, gets worried <laughs> he gets real worried he does and this is a little bit off, off topic but I think it's a good example of my mindset about it I guess mm-hmm. um so the job that I have now is very still close to retail and so I get to see a lot of customers a lot of uh people traveling and tourists and I had a guy come in last week who works on the train now you know, the mm-hmm. Great Smoky Mountain Railroad, or <laughs> if it's that's another, it. I think that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's only right across the street. I see it every day, but I should uh-huh. know. But he came in and was talking about how he just got this job and he's camping out at Deep Creek and doesn't have anywhere to live. He's just living in a tent and he was talking to me about how he's trying to find a place and he's trying to find a place. But then he looked at me and he was, he just said, you know, I'm just not going to worry about it because at some point I'm going to be sitting down. I'm going to be talk- talking to someone I've never met before. I'm going to tell them that I'm in need and they're going to say, you know what? I know somebody who has a room for rent right now. I could just let you stay in there for free. You know, we'll take care of you. He's like, it's going to fall into place and it's going to work out. And I think that's kind of how I feel because there's so many people reaching out to us and there are so many people that we've made these connections with that at some point it's going to fall into place. Yeah, it will. It will. I'm confident. I just get stressed out. Don't get stressed, Steve. I know. I know. I mean, we do only have a week left in our Kickstarter. 
Seven days left. You still, still have, have a chance to donate. Still have a while to go. Uh-huh. Uh, we can do it. Help us out. Help us out, everyone. How do you feel about taking a break? Right now? Yeah. Sure, it's really hot. Catch some air, fresh air. <sighs> I'm sweating. We're going to ride the thing out, but we've been going for a little bit. So let's, t- let's take a quick break. If you or anybody you know in recovery is making recovery-related music or anything with a positive message, we want to play it on our show during our breaks. Send any, any of your work to admin at ncraw.live or share it with us on Facebook so we can play your stuff and recognize you on our show. Uh, this next song we're going to play is a track from my dude, Logan Bruce. It's titled In Our Dreams. In Our Dreams. It's a song that he wrote after his brother's best friend had overdosed. And this is Logan Bruce, In Our Dreams. Another lullaby to sing to an angel high. Too close to home this time. I lost another friend of mine. Too young to take a life. We'll miss those loving eyes When we think of him at night We'll see him smiling bright When they said he'd gone to sleep Pray the Lord his soul to Brother, please don't weep. He'll still live on in our heart dreams. He'll still live on in our dreams. You'll always be a friend to me and in my family. Now we're stuck with memory. Remembering you happily I heard that you weren't clean So I ignored all your screams Only cared if I got free As selfish as it may seem When they said he'd gone to sleep Pray the Lord his soul to keep Don't cry, brother, please don't weep He'll still live on in our heart dreams To break the news, my father cried I knew when he wept inside I thought this just ain't right And that's when he said you died It's over now, you lost the fight But now you're living in God's life As he goes to paradise Let's carry our friend in our lives When they said he'd gone to sleep Pray the Lord his soul to keep 
Don't cry, brother, please don't weep He'll still live on in our heart dreams He'll still live on in our dreams We are back continuing the conversation about NC Raw Recovery Always. Real quick, while we were on break, um, we, at the beginning of the show, we were sharing some recovery anniversaries, and we just had one post a couple minutes ago on our live stream that I want to recognize. Destiny Burgess Johnson will be celebrating 11 months tomorrow. Nice. Awesome job, Destiny. I've seen you on a lot of our videos. Um, keeping up with NC Raw. So keep up the good work. Our crew is super proud of you. We also just had a uh, phone in from my boy, Caleb McCoy. He just called me. He's, he was tuning in watching. Where is he at right now? And he just called me when he was outside. I don't know. Last I saw you, he was in <laughs> Arkansas. I didn't even ask him yeah. um, because it was just a short conversation. But we're going to be checking in with him on another Facebook Live video uh, in a few moments after our show ends. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a holler and check in with him and see how the journey's going. He said he's going to be finishing up on um, – June 28th. Which is when our Kickstarter ends. Which is the same day that our Kickstarter ends. So he's going to be rolling into uh, Oklahoma on June 28th. He was uh, the dude on Saturday ran 49 miles. was the longest that he's run. And he set that goal um, in remembrance of his aunt who passed away at 49 years old. So awesome job, Caleb. And Miss Caitlin ran by a side for 50K of that 49 miles, which is like 32 miles almost. I think she, she ran almost 33 miles that day. Is that right? That's right. 50K? Yeah. Wait, I thought 5K was like three miles. Uh, Wait, how much is 5K? I'm not, I'm not involved in any of that stuff. I'm not a runner. Really? No, it was in the thirty-something mile range. They'll probably drop some comments down. I don't know how anyone. Below. I don't know how anyone. So, can y'all help. are killing it, man. We are super proud of you. Like I shared with you on the phone, man. Looking forward to um, catching up with you on when you guys get back and uh, hearing all the stories from the road because I know you're gonna have a have a lot to say. So we were kind of talking about like how the sh- this show has evolved and what NC Raw recovery always is and how we have kind of evolved as a crew and as a show and what our plans are for the future. And we're, we're talking about some past episodes. We're talking about our Kickstarter campaign and what, um, what we plan to do with it. Right. So just to kind of like reset, we're using the studio at WCU and, you know, our vision is to get out on our own right? And provide more of a a service to the community, right? Other than a, other than just a weekly podcast, right? Like we want to do more. Um, And so like what I tell people is that 
you know, my vision is to have like this kind of interactive recovery community where through this podcast, through the show, where we can engage and communicate with our viewers and our listeners face-to-face, right? Like personally uh, invite them into our NC Raw home studio community center, if you will. And also engage with them like on social media and continue these conversations and to always have these conversations going. Um, to build an online interactive network, online interactive community where, you know, they're, they're connected to us 24 seven hungry, man. (laughs) I'm hungry. So that's kind of like the vision. That's what, what we're working towards. There's also just a lot of behind the scenes stuff that's, that goes on for the show that I think a lot of people don't know about, or I guess really no one knows about, but I mean, for Steve and I, this has pretty much become a part-time job and we, how many hours a week you think we put into this? It's, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a part-time job. You say part-time job, but it's (laughs) leaning more towards. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, besides the planning that goes on just for the podcast and, you know, making sure that we maintain the website, make sure that we maintain the Facebook and that we're interacting with people. But we've also been meeting with a friend of ours to Mm -hmm. help us. Like Steve's saying, we're trying to get this community center going, but really we want to be a nonprofit Mm -hmm. so that we can give these services to people. And so we've been meeting with one of my good friends, Larry Trout. Awesome dude. Just phenomenal guy. I met him. God, was it Christmas or it was Easter? We had a, an Easter gig that I played since I, I play the French horn and we need to play some of your work during one of these breaks. Yeah, solo French horn. <laughs> you guys would love it. I can't wait. But I met him through that, and we played a gig together. And afterwards, I was talking to him about the podcast, and he told us about um, what he does at Western. And basically, he works for this company. It's called the Small Business and Technology Development Center. And basically, they're an entity within Western that's, I guess it's, Funded by North Carolina. Funded by the state, yeah. Or by the state, yeah. Uh So he's here at Western. He's basically a small business counselor, and he is helping us move towards the nonprofit side and helping us actually become a viable business to where, you know, we can help people, I guess. But, I mean, we have to do it in the right way. We, We have to be registered as a 501c3, and we have to make sure that we actually are legally a nonprofit you know, for taxes and whatnot, but it's just, there's a lot of work that goes into it. We're trying to come up with our business plan right now. And it's hard It's like, hard <laughs> to like find the time to sit down and create a business plan. Like, yeah. Cause Steve's in school, Steve's working, I'm working three yeah. jobs now and it's hard to sit down and actually communicate about things. We, we came together to create this show, this <laughs> podcast as like a hobby, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden we're like five months into it and we're writing a business plan. Yeah. And like, you know, working with this small business center to um, become a nonprofit and we're talking, expanding on show content, right? Like we want to add video aspects to the show. We want to open our doors to members of the community to 
sit in on live shows, right, for a studio audience and um, do so many things. Like, the ideas just keep coming and coming that, like, I got ideas that I haven't even shared with you because they're so crazy. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> no, no, no. Because it's not. It's not. Because you know I'm going to be like Steve. Yeah, you're gonna calm reel, down. You're gonna reel me in, and you're and you're gonna like. Got to be practical. It involves travel. All right, That's I'm already all out. I'm gonna say not us traveling. <laughs> well, who's gonna travel? It involves travel. Just you by I'm yourself. Leave you guys hanging with you're that. You're gonna leave no, me here. No. So yeah, there's just like so many pieces to the puzzle, like. And right now, like, it's just us, right? Right. Like, Caleb and Caitlin, you know, are committed to doing what they can and helping us out. But they have, like, a thousand things going on in their life. Starting their organization, running their organization, running to Oklahoma, things like that. Um, so we're we're doing our best, right? I mean, we're just... I think we're under a lot of stress right now. Yeah. We're trying not to be under a lot of stress, but we're under a lot of stress. hard, man. I mean, because we can't, there's no way for us to move forward until we have what we need. Mm -hmm. And we can't have what we need until we have the money. Yeah. And I think getting the funding is the hardest thing because, you know, going around and talking to people, everyone wants to help. And everyone's like, oh, I know these people and I know these people who might want to give you money or might want to help you, might want to donate, or I want to donate, but then... How do you get people to commit? How do you get people to actually do it is the problem. So we have big plans. We have a lot of plans. Um, A lot of plans that are stacking up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we got to find, essentially, like, we have to find time. Yeah. Right? But we we both have all, we (laughs) both have jobs. Yeah, we should just quit. You want to go live out in a tent somewhere? And we can just... Oh, you should buy that camper. I, dude, I'm... <laughs> We're going to buy a little mobile the camper. crossed my mind all the We're time. We're just going to live out of it. To walk away and just really yeah, like, like, put it all in. Like this. whenever Caleb was starting his run. Yeah. And Steve comes up to me and yeah, just go says... Ahead. Go ahead. Courtney, how about this? Have an idea. I'm like, all right, Steve, what's your idea? And he says, what if we go with him? Yeah. I'm like, what? What if we go with him where? He, Caleb called me like two weeks before he left and he was like, hey, is there any way you could come with me for like at least a couple weeks? And then it got my brain turning and I was like. And then Steve comes to me all ready to like. I'm a backpack. He's like, let's just go. Let's drop everything and yeah. we'll just drive with him to Oklahoma and we'll just film sh- or like record shows along the way. And I was like, Steve, I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> that seems like that seems like a lot. And I was like, I got a job. You got a job. That just seems not practical. Mm-hmm. So. Just timing, man. Just timing. You know, maybe if we were already millionaires and. On his next run. <laughs> we're leaving. We'll tag along. Uh, we'll see. We'll bring NC Raw on the road. I did think that, um, you know, change the, change, change the direction of this a little bit. I listened to all the shows. Right. I listened to 10 episodes. That's like 20 hours, Steve. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of shows. I, dri- I do a lot of driving. You were talk- talking to me oh, earlier yeah. about driving. I do a lot of driving. I do a lot of driving. I need um, to start listening. Yeah. That's what I do. Huh. But I listen to all 10 of our shows. And I do have to say that though 
you know, we talked earlier about our first episode with Richie and Caleb and how like we were like full of energy and but like all over the place with it. I will say that like in listening to each show, our skill set and the quality of like content has totally like evolved in like the structure and the flow and this picture that we're trying to paint for uh, mm-hmm. for the listener. It really has uh really has, you know, gotten better. And, you know, I'm looking forward to like doing more, right? Like I have the vision, I have the mindset that like everything that we do is content for this show, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think coming out of the gate, I thought, you know, having so many guests on every single episode, I felt like, you know, we're just going to be listening to the same thing over and over again. Like the content's not going to get good. We're just going to have the same thing every time. But that's not really been the case. I mean, everyone has a very unique story to tell. It's like everyone has some different perspective on it, which is what makes it great. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I know that's why we're doing it, but it's just. And like you, you hear these stories, right? And like they have a unique specific perspective to, right. to recovery and a unique story to share. But also like um, there's like points of the story that like really like resonate like, oh, that's exactly how I felt. Right. This specific time in my life. Or that's what I was going through. Like even like when I was listening to Sherry Sherry Baker talking with Caitlin here. And um Sherry was Sherry was uh talking about a point in her daughter's story and Caitlin was like, That's exactly how I felt. You know, Caitlin like totally like opened up and was like, That's that's what I went through, right? Yeah. Um so and the other thing is that like think that the common misconception is that like for the person who's still actively using right and doesn't necessarily ready to take that step or that leap of faith like the perception to so many out there and even you probably prior to this is that like you know there's only one way there's only one pathway to recovery right through the through the rooms of alcoholics anonymous or 12 step recovery and that doesn't resonate with so many people at that time in their life because they've they've distanced themselves spiritually from whoever their higher power is so like they don't it doesn't connect with them and to hear these stories of like of individuals like finding recovery and creating their own pathway right like my boy Caleb like he's doing something that nobody's done before, right? He's literally created his pathway to recovery, right? I, myself, I started off with refuge recovery and that was the foundation to maintaining my sobriety, right? No doubt about it, right? Three and a half years, that was all that allowed me to to do what I'm doing. Now this show has become a foundation to my recovery to be able to create these intimate relationships with not just people that come to this table and share their stories, but people that, that I meet through our page, right? People that reach out and say, Hey, you know, you guys are doing a good job or, Hey, this is like, this is my, my story or what, what you guys said really, uh, really relates to what I'm going through right now. Um, that has become 
a part of my recovery. That has become a, a solid foundation to my recovery. And I've shared in like meetings and groups. And I get like, I get a, uh, I get sidetracked of what I share in a group and what I share on the show. But like, I, I think I shared in the, in groups that like, you know, I beat myself up for a while about like distancing myself from refuge recovery and distancing myself from my meditation practice, my daily practice, because I'm putting so much effort into this. But the connections and the relationships that I've built through this have like compensated <laughs> and like it has become a, a, a foundation of my recovery. And now like, yeah, you know, I'll go to three or four meetings a week, but I might not meditate every day. And like two or three months ago, I was beating myself up, self up over it. But now I've like accepted it. And I'm like, well, you know, I get to sit down at a table with somebody different every week for two hours and listen to them. Yeah. I mean, no one says that your recovery has to stay the same. Yeah. It, no one says that you have to stick to the same. I mean, if it's working, it's working, right? Yeah. It evolves, man. Right. Like it has, it has evolved and it, it's not what it was the, the day I, I walked out of that treatment center, but I'm stronger than ever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just been, uh, it's been a pretty amazing journey. What um has your perspective on recovery changed since we sat down and, and started this by meeting so many different people from different walks of life? And I mean, I think it's always changing. Yeah. Just because I I had no perception of it before. Yeah. And say so like my knowledge of the recovery communities only lasted as long as I've known you. And it's definitely helped me gain perspective by seeing all the different people who've come in here, especially, I don't know, I think Sherry Barker's was one of those shows that I really liked the most. Mm -hmm. um, in that she, I mean, she's not in recovery herself, but that she was so affected by it because of her daughter. And, and I think that's kind of the notion that evolves in my head is that it's not even just about the people who are in recovery or just about the people who are trying to help themselves, but it's about, everyone else that is affected by it yeah. and everyone else who needs to be educated needs to be knowledgeable in it so that they can help others. And I don't know, hearing people come in here and just pour their hearts out. I mean, we've had people, we've had, I don't know how many shows we've had where people have cried in here, but yeah. it's been quite a few and it just it's so emotional. Yeah. It's courageous to it's, come on in front of the camera right. with a microphone in front of you and share mm -hmm. these stories. Like um, just last week, like Courtney and Kimmel, she was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, tell parts of my life that no one's heard before. Right. Right. Um, Samantha Bradley on the third episode, like she said something very similar at the beginning of the show. She said it on the show that like, um, you know, a lot of people haven't heard this story before. And that's, that's what we're trying to do though. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to get people to feel more comfortable doing. Yeah. And even though putting people in front of a live stream and putting them in front of mics can be a little bit intimidating. And I think, 13 out of 13, 12 out of 12, 11. How many guests have we had? 10, 11? I guess 10, right? Yeah, 10. 10. So like, I'm pretty sure 10 out of 10 guests have come in nervous. Absolutely. And they come in scared and they see mm -hmm. the mics and they sit down and they're just like, oh, I don't really know what to do with this. And, but like five minutes into the conversation, they're sharing stuff that, you know, we had never heard them talk about. And 
I, I think that's part of what we're doing is we're giving them the courage to yeah. do that. And topics that like you might not hear outside of the rooms, right? Outside right. of like the specific recovery communities, like when Hooks and Valerie Spencer came on, right? Um, not many people knew that the conversation was going to go down that road of returning to use. Right. And how to respond from that. Nobody and wants to talk about it. Nobody, it's something that's not talked like, about or it's, it's stigmatized. Like it's like, yeah. oh, like you don't, you shouldn't even say relapse because yeah. that's bad. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's but. stigmatized. But, you know, and I, I'll tell you, I didn't get to share this on the show, um, on that episode of the podcast when they were at the table. But um, the way it went down was like, you know, we booked these guests months in advance, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've got guests, I'm looking right now at guests for August right? here in June. And so like we booked these people way in advance and, you know, they were on, what was it early June they were on? Mm-hmm. You know, early May, Hooks texted me and was like, hey, I relapsed. I don't think I'm somebody that you want to have on your show. And I was like, hold on, bro. Like, hold, hold, hold on. Let's, let's hear this out. Number one. I support you, bro. I love you. We, you know, we can, I'm here to work with you through this, right? Number two, let's talk about it. Let, tell me, let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about how you responded when that happened. And I haven't shared this with um, many of you guys, but we book them so far out in advance. This isn't the first time this has happened, right? This is the second time this has happened with a guest of a of our show with somebody that we had scheduled to be on our show. Returning to use is real. It happens, right? And so instead of not talking about it and brushing it under the rug and turning our backs on these on these amazing folks, let's talk about supporting them. Let's talk about how to respond wisely, how to respond compassionately towards what they went through and what led up to that behavior, right? The first time that it happened was early on in our show and we hadn't officially posted who the guest was and he um, left town, right? To take care of it, to, to address it on his own. And so it wasn't something that we talked about on our show, but um, you know, it happened again. And when, when Hooks texted me, I was like, dude, we need, if you're comfortable coming to the table to talk about it. People need to hear it. People need to hear it because it's something that we're all going to deal with, right? Yeah. We're I all going to be faced with it. I mean, the whole idea of recovery is not, we try to pull it off like it's happy and like best thing in the world and like this is going to make your life a billion times better and it will and it is but also I mean there are things you have to overcome it's hard work yeah it's difficult it's just like any other challenge in your life I mean you're going to have setbacks and you really have to know how to deal with them whenever they come around yeah another thing that's come up that I was reflecting on um when I was looking at our past guests one of the you know common misconceptions in the recovery world is that like, and I'm, I'm, I've experienced this is that like, in order to sustain long-term recovery, we need to change our environment, right? We need to 
pack our bags and leave. Right. That's what, I mean, you got like people like sending people down to Florida to treatment centers. Like you got to get out of your environment. But in reality, in this rural community, it's hard to do that. Right. Um, I was fortunate enough that like I did that. I went to treatment in Florida where I'm from and then immediately moved here to North Carolina afterwards to pursue a degree and to get back into school. Many people can't that. And like, that's one of the com can't do that. Many people can't do that. And that's one of the common, um, common themes that I've heard on this show is that like so many of our guests came back here, right. Came back to Western North Carolina and changed their environment within their environment, right. Changed the people that they were surrounded themselves with, got involved in, um, community service and being of service to the community got involved in, you know, whatever pathway to recovery they were attracted to and kept a distance from the, from the, their previous environment. So like that's, that, that was one of the high spots that really like stuck with me on from past shows was like, you know, Caitlin talked about it and Courtney Kimmel talked about it. Samantha Bradley, so many of these people, they stayed here. Then you got me who left. You got Dustin who moved away. Um, so it's like, there's not a, there's not a set protocol for what works. Like I'm all about the individual discovering and creating their pathway. And that's what, that's the message that I want to convey on the show is that we're telling, we're having a conversation about our guests' approach and about our guests' pathway to recovery in hopes of a viewer or listener who's either in recovery or potentially seeking recovery to be able to take these tools and apply them to their lives. Right. And, I mean, we're trying to kind of reveal every approach that we can and we're trying to find people who have unique approaches because, I mean, it's not about like, oh, you're an AA or like, you know, you're on medication or like, what is it? Suboxone. Yeah. It's not about Christianity or religion. It's not about like meditation. It's just about figuring out what works for you. And it doesn't matter what that is. You know, no one should be able to tell you what recovery looks like, but we can definitely try to expose you to things that have worked for other people in the past and, you know, give you options to try. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's all self-motivation too. And it's all just like you said, community and the people that you're around. But, you know, there are a lot of different takes to it. Yeah, there are. What another thing that I was listening to, I was listening to Caitlin Ledford's show. I believe it was episode four. And she was talking about, and I don't recall the gentleman's name, but she was talking about the um, detention officer that influenced right. her. And came to her and said, hey, you know, you can do this. You know, you have, you, you, you're valuable. You can, you can get through this. You can overcome this. And like, you know, so often, and I think this, this applies to just life in general. So often we have influence over the people in our lives without even knowing it. Right. Um, I shared on a previous episode the officer who arrested me and he 
said things to me that stuck, right? And I was being, I was behaving completely inappropriate to this gentleman. And as calmly and collectively as possible, he was just like, hey, dude, it's no big deal. Like, you can overcome this, right? You can change your life, right? He, he's like, I just saved your life, is what he told me, you know? At that moment. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. I can't say what I said back to him. But, you know, the next morning when I woke up, when I woke up in that jail cell, and the next morning when I woke up, it stuck with me. It was, it was, it had influence over me changing and me changing my behaviors. So like, regardless of it's, if it's addiction or recovery related, just the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we talk to people, the way that we listen, right? Um, being on this show is really like, I'm studying counseling. I'm studying substance abuse counseling at SEC. And like, what's like one of the main skill sets that they teach you, right? To be a good listener, right? I come to this table once a week and I sit down and listen to our guests tell their story and kind of ask them questions based off of um, what they've disclosed and what they shared with us. And that, that's brought on like a sense of, um, a sense of like gratitude and humbleness to like be able to sit here and listen to these, these amazing folks tell their story. It's not all about me, right? Like I'm not NC Raw. I had the idea and brought all you guys together, but these, these people have killer stories, right? And we got to highlight them. That's what we're doing. Have you checked our Kickstarter campaign lately? Have I? Yeah. Every day. Every day. All the time, constantly. So before we close the show out, we have a Kickstarter campaign going. You can find it through our Facebook page or through our website. It should be pinned on the Facebook page, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, And on our... Website. Yeah, if you go to the website, you'll be harassed by a pop-up <laughs> <laughs> that's going to tell you to go check it out. So it shouldn't be too hard to find. Just go to ncraw.life. Check it out. We are, we are really trying to raise some money. We're getting a little desperate, I think. We're getting a little desperate. But we're trying to raise money to get our equipment and to secure space to do all of these things that we've talked about today. So... If it's something that resonates with you, please consider um, becoming a backer. The smallest donations count. And you never know. If it doesn't resonate with you, it could resonate with someone else. So share. you should share it. Yeah. Email it to people. Do, if you still email, mm-hmm. I don't know. Share it around Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat it around. I don't know. Just tell people. Invite. Tell everyone. You got one week. One week. We have one week to increase our contributions by 75% what we've already raised. So One week, do or die. We are grateful for the support. You know how we end our shows, right, Courtney? I'm a little familiar. Are you? Yeah. What do you think's coming? 
something about pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm going to put Courtney on the spot. All right. I have some pictures. Okay. I found them on your Instagram. Okay, well. All right. Fine. <laughs> I would like for you to describe to our listeners what is taking place in the picture. Sure. And then tell us a little bit of the story that's behind the picture. Sure. Ready to do this? Ready as I'll ever be. I swear that it's, it's all good stuff, man. So the first picture is this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a picture of me in a cowboy hat, button-up shirt, riding a horse. Um, long hair? Long hair. Look at me with my long hair. Mm -hmm. I used to have hair down on my butt, you guys. Did you? Yeah. used to be pretty long. I actually, my my parents wouldn't let me. Sorry, mom and dad. But They're, they're tuning in right now. Mostly my mother was not very for me cutting off all my hair most of my life. So What led up to you? Wanting to cut your hair off. I don't know. Just. Just being a hipster? Yeah. You gotta be that hipster. <laughs> that hipster well, life. No, it wasn't really that. It was more of, I just wanted to change. Mm -hmm. And I did it and I liked it. Change so. is good? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with short hair, right? No. <laughs> no. Have you seen the top of my head? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Steve? Yeah. Got that head of hair. So it's a picture of me on my horse. Her name was Tulsa, like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, I had to sell her whenever I came to school, though, uh, just because, I mean, it's really hard to be in college and also pay to have a horse somewhere and also get out to ride it and all that. But I don't know. Little known fact about me is that I used to compete in rodeos. Yeah, this looks like it's at a public rodeo. Well, it's, it's at my family arena. Okay. So my, my family used to have a rodeo arena, or my stepfamily did, that I lived with at the time. and. Mm -hmm. So I would compete every other Saturday, barrel racing and pole bending and goat tying. That's fun. cool. I mean, I miss it. I miss it a lot. So you would, you're interested in getting back into that lifestyle? Uh, yeah. You want to get a horse? Anybody got a horse I can ride? Just let me know. How old were you in this picture? In that picture? Yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's probably my sophomore year of high school. Okay. So like. 16. It's a classic. Classic. <laughs> Number two, the second picture. Okay, so this is a picture of my student brass quintet here at Western that I've played in for a couple years now. What is a brass quintet <laughs> oh. for the, for... All right, so you have small <laughs> ensembles basically in the music world and, uh, Basically, a brass quintet is just five people who play brass instruments. So it's just two trumpets, French horn, trombone, tuba. Um, but we have a, or we had a, a resident, like a staff brass quintet called the Smoky Mountain Brass Quintet. And they're actually real good and pretty popular. So if you ever wanted to check them out, um, I'm sure they've, they do have a website, but look them up, Smoky Mountain Brass Quintet. But they basically travel around the world and teach and play for people, um, you know, go to colleges or high schools or whatever and talk about their instruments and their schooling and give private lessons or master classes. But they took a student brass quintet for the first time ever and they went to South Africa and we stayed in Cape Town and Stellenbosch and 
played at some colleges and taught some students. But the picture is, um, it's a picture of me and my brass quintet. We're called the Balsam Mountain Brass. Word. Um, we have a Facebook. I don't think it's been updated in a while. We're going to get going again whenever school gets back in. So if you're interested in some brass quintet music, we'll be playing some recitals. But the picture is us in like this framed photo op that you can go on. I forget what the mountain is called that we're standing on, but we're standing on a different mountain. And behind us is Table Mountain, which is like the really famous. Uh, you can go on the cable car in Cape Town and go all the way to the top of it. Did you ride cool. up there? Oh, yeah. For sure. It's beautiful. If you could ever go to South Africa, you should. I mean, I know it's kind of like an impoverished place and it's really like everything that's there is mostly tourism. Like everyone there is poor except for the rich people who come from other countries and have their timeshares. So, but it's, it's beautiful. When did you do this trip? Uh, we went last year right after school was out. So May. Last summer? Yeah, last summer. Cool. It was a great trip. Yeah. A lot of fun. My first time out of the country, 24-hour plane ride. Crazy stuff. <laughs> Last one? All right. So this is a picture of my mellophone section in the Pride of the Mountains, which is our marching band at Western Carolina. And whenever we do band camp at the beginning of every season, we do basically we have a day where every section is supposed to wear their section color or like, it's kind of like a spirit day, you know, whoever shows the most spirit gets a prize at the end, which is like ice cream mm -hmm. usually. And, uh, well, we picked our color to be bright orange. So every, pretty much everyone in this picture is wearing bright orange except for me because I don't own orange clothing. So I'm just wearing a white tank top with the word <laughs> orange on it. Awesome. So we still won. Um, you got, got your ice cream? cream? Yeah. So obviously it passed. But if you've never seen the Pride of the Mountains, you should look it up. It's probably, I mean, it is one of the largest marching bands in the country. We max out at like 500 people. Whoa. So 500 people on the field. It's super loud, super good. If you're into band, you need to check it out. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it already. I've heard of it, <laughs> but mostly through you. Yeah, I dedicated four years of my life to it. Mm -hmm. Good program. Awesome. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Steve. You told me not to put you on the spot, so we'll go ahead and close out. Thank you guys for listening. You can't end it that way. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I do appreciate your willingness to sit down with us and um, kind of do this show. I think that it was important to the folks tuning in. It was important to me to kind of like share this message and have this conversation. Of course. It's something that I look forward to doing in the future, like maybe every six months, kind of sit More down. More shows with me? No, just like every six months, like sit down six. and do a recap, like state of NC Raw conversation. Like what, sure. are, what are we doing? Sure. Where are we going? You know, that sort of thing. So any parting words? I look forward to the future. Do you? We're going to be successful. Yes, we are. Doesn't matter if the Kickstarter doesn't work. No. We'll get the money. We'll figure it out. Absolutely. We're going to keep making shows no matter what. I mean. The show goes on. The show goes on. I mean, it just might be significantly more difficult. Mm -hmm. but We're flexible. We'll make it happen. Right. We've already shown that. All right. From doing shows in your living room to sitting in the 85 degree 
hot studio over the summer. Staying in the studio until Staying the, in the wee st- hours yeah. of the night. Doing all of your editing and things like that here. A lot of work. I'm very grateful to have you as a partner on this project. Thanks to you. Like I'm happy to help. No joke. Like I wouldn't want to be doing this with anybody else. I've shared like the, it's an awesome relationship. Like the way that you carry yourself, the professionalism, the, you like keep me focused when we stray. Right. I'm always like joking around and having a good time. And when it's time to be serious, you like reel me in. When I have these crazy ideas, you reel me in. Well, I don't think, I don't think people really realize what, like how far our friendship goes. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize like we actually, we really are good friends and we have been really good friends for a while. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just happy that we're able to maintain that friendship even whenever we're having to work together. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, like I said, there's a lot of behind the scenes. There's a lot that nobody sees where Steve and I are in contact with each other almost all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Like something pops into our heads. We're messaging each other. We're talking to each other constantly. I have to like, drive you this crazy. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Steve is constantly like sharing these like notes with me <laughs> over like Google Drive. Like here's our checklist for the week. Like we got to do this and this and this. And then whew, I'm a somehow, lot to deal with, man. Somehow it all happens though. Yeah. Somehow. But I'm just happy that we're still good friends. And I'm, I'm, I am happy that you asked me to help and that it has turned into what it is. I think it's going to keep going. It's going to get better. It will. No stress, though. No stress. I told you last week, like, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying. To... I'm trying to. We're both trying. This has been a learning process. Yes. We're learning together. Learning together. Um. I have to take a step back and allow it to happen instead of forcing it to happen. Well, you can't let it get in your head. It's easy for it to get into your head. And then it's it's like all you think about constantly. Like, what if this goes wrong? What if we don't get this done? But there was a time where this podcast did not exist. Yeah. And there was a time when this (laughs) podcast was just something we did twice a month. (laughs) And this is just another, another step along the way. Absolutely. You are amazing, Courtney. You too, Steve. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in to NC Raw Recovery Always podcast. The NC Raw team would like to thank today's musical contributors, Rival, whose work is on Facebook, SoundCloud, and YouTube by searching Rival727, and my man, Logan Bruce, whose music is on his Facebook page, Logan Bruce Music, and also on SoundCloud by searching Logan Bruce. All of our content is available. All of the shows that we just discussed tonight, past episodes, future episodes, can be found at www.ncraw.life. We've also began posting them on SoundCloud potentially YouTube here pretty soon. And be sure to like our Facebook page, our Twitter, and most recently our Instagram page at WNC Raw. Thank you for tuning in.